You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Uh, just just look at it with me here again as we uh, look at the uh, the text here, verse 21. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. We think about that. Can you imagine if you were standing there listening to Elijah? You have to remember, they were outnumbered. Darkness had prevailed because light had darkened. Light had become silent. And there were, we know, 7,000 that had not bowed the knee. But what was the population of the Hebrew people? They believe that three and a half million Jews came out of Egypt. So here we are a thousand years beyond that. And if God's people were silent on such a major issue, we're not talking about whether or not we go to church three times a week or whether we go two times a week. We're not talking about whether we wear a tie to church or don't wear a tie to church. We're not talking about whether we stand for our singing or sit for our singing. We're talking about is God God or is Baal God? Seems like a pretty easy decision. Yet they were halted between two opinions. They answered him, not a word. Silence. Sort of like in church when people don't say amen. You know what that does to everybody else? They wonder, okay, maybe nobody else believes that. Elijah, he believed it, but the people answered not a word. Even the 7,000 that had not bowed a knee to Baal, where was their voice? They had become quiet. They had become silenced. You know, and I'm... I'm concerned, I'm concerned about not just the state of the church as in our ministry and the state of the church across our nation. COVID has done several things. Just just stop and think about how often you used to walk an aisle during an invitation. And they answered not a word. The response to truth has been silenced. And somewhere along the way, 
when we were not gathering together, and then it was we were social distancing, and now all of a sudden a place that used to be a holy place is now a dangerous place. And we have people coming into services that are visitors that hear the gospel and maybe if somebody would have stepped out of an aisle, they would have followed. Maybe somebody else's agreement with, this has nothing to do with the, church, the message, this is extra. The, the responsiveness of God's people has an impact on others around you. The singing that you sing, when Brother Stephen is up here leading singing, if you are singing out, you know what that does to the person sitting right next to you? It gives them boldness to sing out louder. But when you're quiet, so are they. You and I, we have an impact greater than what we think. We think, well, I'm not the pastor. I'm not the one up there leading the ministry. But you, have, you are leading from your place where you sit. You're leading from the conversations that we have, the interaction or the lack of interaction, the, the uh, participation or the apathy. It spreads. And here as we look at Elijah coming before the people, he is not bringing a new question. He is not presenting some new idea. He is just reminding them uh, that there is only one true God, and it is Jehovah God. And if the Lord be God, if Jehovah be God, then follow him. If Baal is God, then follow him. But why halt you between two opinions? And, and those that were halted between the opinions, they were silent. I wonder what our silence tells everybody else. What we say declares and says something but what we do not say says something as well. You know, I believe that our churches, we need, we need revival. We need revival. If ever I believe that we are in the last days, I've always, I mean, I've, you, you look at the scripture, we know according to Hebrews 1-2 that the time of the last days began with the ministry of Christ. And so the speaking of his word in Hebrews 1-2, the word of Christ, that was the beginning of the last days. Well, we are 2,000 years past that last day, and I've always believed that we are in the last days. You believe that we're in the last days, but now more than ever, it seems like we are really in the last days. You stop and think about all the events that are taking place, wars and rumors of wars, pestilences, natural disasters. California is on fire. Hurricanes. Ida hitting the, uh, the, the uh, coast, Louisiana. 
and we, we look at all of this, the wars, we see the, the Taliban, we see all that is going on in the world around us, China getting stronger, uh, problems of unrest in Australia and all around the world around us, we see burdens and we see problems, disasters taking place. Uh, those were all prophesied. We know that in the last days that we will not be able to buy and sell without taking the mark of the beast during the tribulation. Now, the Bible says that it is the number of the beast 666, and it is going to be a mark in the hand or in the forehead. But what do we find? We find that you cannot buy or sell in that day without that uh, mark. What is going on in San Francisco right now? You cannot walk into a bar. You, not that I want anybody to walk into a bar. All right? Uh, you can't walk into a bar. You can't walk into a gym. You can't go into a restaurant without showing a vaccination passport. Buy, sell. AB 455 that is going on right now mandating that employers will uh, have the right to, to require the employees to get the vaccinations, all the pressures that are coming on everyone that is in the healthcare system, those that are in our military. Uh, there are, this world is changing at such a rapid pace, and it is setting everything up for the end time. It is setting everything up for the, for the coming, the revelation, the manifestation of the Antichrist, but it is also uh, setting us up recognizing that the Savior is coming back. Uh, and His time is short. It is, it is coming, behold, I come quickly. And I am, I am looking forward to the coming of the Savior. But right now, uh, if I look at the, the reality that the Lord Jesus is coming back, then I see a great need that we have got to do something right now. We can't wait to be a light. We can't wait to, uh, to one day get our boldness. We can't wait to one day uh, become a soul winner. We can't uh, determine one day that we're going to serve God. Uh, it's different just coming to church than serving the Savior. It's one thing to be fed. It's another thing to be on the feeding. It is one thing to be ministered to, but it's something else to minister. And you and I, each and every one of us, we've got one life. And if the Lord comes back, and I'm looking forward to His coming, uh, but if He comes back, are we ready? Are there some people that we know that we haven't witnessed to? There are people that we have not uh, been a light to. This community needs Bible Baptist Church, to be a witness, a light for the Lord Jesus Christ. Tonight, I want to speak to you on the subject, reset, reset. You know, a reset is going back to a previous condition. Let's back up a year and a half. We were having people saved just about every service, every, every Sunday. We were having people baptized over and over and over again. 
there was an excitement about the things of God. Amen? But we've, we've kind of settled in. We need to push a reset. We need to get going again. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight as we look at this passage of Scripture. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would just help us to sense, uh, Lord, your presence in our midst. I pray that the Spirit of God would, uh, would uh, work in each and every one of us. Stir us, Lord, stir us to be able to be the vessel you'd want us to be. I pray that each and every one, Lord, would recognize the great, uh, the great responsibility and opportunity that we have. And I pray that you would just work in each and every one of us. I pray that you would uh, just stir us tonight, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. I think about Elijah here, and as he is going before the people, I can't imagine the pressure that he was facing. Uh, we understand that he felt. Later, he will tell the Lord, I, even I. Uh, he, was, he was at a place where he felt like he was completely uh, on his own. He did not feel like there was anybody else that was standing for the Lord. He didn't feel like there was anybody coming alongside, and I'm so thankful that I don't feel like uh, Elijah felt. I don't feel like I'm in this by myself. We've got a wonderful group of people that are trying to serve the Lord, and we're working together to try to reach people. But but here Elijah was in a spot where he didn't have it. He didn't have that uh, that feeling. He didn't feel like there was anybody that was there. And so here, as we look at this uh, and we talk about uh, a reset, uh, I want to look at several things. Look with me at verse number twenty-one. Verse 21, 1 Kings 18, verse 21. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Uh, you know, Elijah, I want you to see, first of all, number one, Elijah was vested. He was vested. He he was he was vested. Uh, he was uh, solid. He was stable. He had made commitment in his life. He knew what he believed. Uh, Elijah knew uh, he he knew who he believed, and he was confident in his trust and faith in God. That's why he was willing to stand against four hundred and fifty people. Just think about that. Uh, we don't have uh, maybe a uh, hundred people here tonight, uh, if that. And, and here Elijah was standing up against 450 prophets, not counting the nation of Israel that was silent. And then be, besides the 450 prophets, you had all of those who had embraced uh, Baal worship. And so Elijah was definitely on his own. He was recognizing this great weight uh, of being by himself, but he was, he was vested. Uh, he was all in. Let me ask you a question. Are you all in? Are we all in? Uh, or is our Christian life just something we do? 
Is church just something we do? Uh, That's not where Elijah was. He wasn't with an attitude of, well, you know, this is just what we do on Sunday, and so uh, that's what I'm going to do. I've I've got my schedule for Sunday morning. I've got my schedule for Sunday night. I've got my schedule for Wednesday. Uh, This is just how we live, the things that we do. It's our routine. It's our habit. That was not Elijah. It was, he was all in. He was was vested uh, in the ministry. There was a commitment uh, of serving his God. He, he, did it. he wasn't having, uh, he wasn't wondering if he was going backward. He wasn't considering uh, going the other direction. Uh, take your Bibles, go to Luke chapter number 9 and verse 57. Luke 9 and verse 57. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke chapter 9 and verse 57. And here as we look at this, the Bible tells us, Luke 9, 57 through 62, And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, Suffer me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go and bid them farewell, which are at my home, uh, at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. You know what? We need to get off of the fence and say, Listen, this is the direction I'm going. I'm serving my God. The Lord, he he is God. Uh, there is no other God. There is nothing else to live for. Uh, all of the, the offers uh, that the world can put before us, all of the, uh, the enticements, uh, all of the pleasures that the world has for us, uh, there is nothing for us uh, that this world has. Everything is heavenward. Uh, we need to keep our focus on him. Elijah, number one, he was vested. Number two, He was tested. You know, there is always a response to what we're given. When we are, when we receive knowledge, when we receive truth, now we are bound to do something with it. The Bible says that in a time of of um, darkness, time of, he winked. I just lost the term. In the time of, nobody else knows? Come on, help me now. In the time of, it's gone. Do what? I'm sorry. So did I. <laughs> Failed the test. Uh, but uh, uh, when there was time of, I'm so, time of ignorance, there was God winked. And what was that? Uh, there was, Mrs. Brown's the only one that passed the test. And so time of ignorance, God winked. Uh, what we were saying was there, there wasn't the knowledge of the truth, and so he did not hold them to the accountability of that truth. But as soon as there is knowledge, now there is accountability. And you and I, uh, we, we have no excuse. We have no excuse. 
We have been given so much. You know what? The people in Afghanistan who have not heard clear presentations of the gospel, uh, the people who, who have had very little truth, uh, they have had air uh, pressed down and, uh, and the oppression that they have, uh, have experienced over hundreds of years. Uh, those people are going to have more grace than America is going to have. Because we have been given so much. Uh, see, here, Elijah, first of all, uh, he was vested. Uh, he, he had made the commitment. He was following the Lord. He wasn't planning on turning back. He wasn't turning back if nobody else was going to follow. He was going to stand for the Lord against those that were apathetic, against those that were apostate, and against those who were the false prophets. Elijah was willing to stand all by himself. He was vested. But next, he was tested. Look back at 1 Kings 18. And look with me at verse number 30. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran round about the altar and he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God, of Abraham and Isaac and of Israel. Let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. And Elijah said unto them, take the prophets of Baal and let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. Uh, what do we find here? We find Elijah getting up. He prepares the sacrifice. And then as he prepares this burnt sacrifice, uh, he takes and he has uh, 12 barrels of water dumped on top of this sacrifice that there was going to be fire that was going to come. I don't know about you. I've started a lot of fires in my day, but I have never, I have never prepared for a fire by putting water on top of the wood. I have never tried to wet everything down to make it hard on myself to build a fire. I'm always trying to figure out the best way, the easiest way uh, to start a fire. Uh, our, our family will get together, we'll do something. It's always who's going to start the fire, but it's got to only be with one match. And, you know, it's just sort of a, a challenge that we put on each other. And, and so we'll, we'll start a fire or whatnot. Uh, but Elijah here, he has the water dumped on top of this fire. He prays a 63-word prayer, and fire falls from heaven. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you were there, 
and you had been halting between two opinions? I can't imagine standing there and watching Elijah stand up and proclaim uh, the, the holiness of God and proclaim the righteousness of God and the error of the false prophets and the prophets of Baal. And, and here, looking at the people of God, I can't imagine the gaze of Elijah as he would look into the eyes of the people and, and see their, their unwillingness to make a decision. How long halt you between two opinions? Can you... Can you imagine what that gaze would have been like? And then he prays a 63-word prayer and fire falls from heaven. You talk about wanting to make sure you're on the right side. At that moment, there's a decision. You've got to do something. And at that point, people started making a decision. The answer of prayer caused them to say this miracle. It caused them to recognize that the Lord, He is God. He is God. You know, that statement, the Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. He is the one and only God, is what they were saying. And for us to declare that, there's a declaration of who God is and it automatically puts us in a place of who we are. It automatically puts us in a place of submission. If we will recognize that the Lord, He is God, if He is God of heaven and earth, if He is God, the Creator, then He has the right to tell me how to live. He has the right to direct my path. He has the right to, to, to give me that instruction. And I am obligated to do what He says. You see, the Lord, or Elijah, he was vested, but the, Elijah, secondly, he was tested. James chapter 1. Take your Bibles there, James chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. James 1, 1 through 4. I just reached into my pocket and I found a spent shell. I'm not quite sure why that is in my slacks. Elijah, or James chapter 1, verse number 1. We'll read down through verse number 4. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers' temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, uh, wanting nothing. Now here, what do we find? That, that uh, the trying of our faith worketh patience. There is a purpose behind the test. The pressures that we are facing right now, it's a test. And the trying of our faith worketh patience, and patience is to have its perfect work, and the, the process is that we will be 
perfect or mature, wanting nothing, in need of nothing. We will be growing. We'll be strengthened. Testing is what reveals uh, the, uh, the truth that has been imparted. And now it is not just that we have some knowledge, but that it is actually coming out in our lives. Uh, so he said, uh, when you count it all joy, when you fall into diverse, uh, diverse temptations, it is diverse temptations, multiplicity, or different testings and trials. And the Lord here is saying that, that you and I are to count it all joy when you fall into uh, manifold different types of trials. COVID has been a trial. It has been a trial. There have been many trials that we have faced in uh, the, the shutdown of the church. And, and let me tell you, the, the devil's not done trying to shut the church down. He's not done. They, they are, they are, the devil is, is a, he is a liar, he is a thief, he is a destroyer, and he is, he is the enemy of the Lord, and he is the enemy of the child of God. He wants to destroy this ministry. He wants to destroy the church. Uh, he wants to destroy the people of God uh, to get back at God. Uh, but here, what we find is that as we are facing the testing, we've got to stand true. We got to stand true. There are empty seats here tonight that should not be empty. There are people that have failed the test. And, I, and I'm not here to say that I have passed all the tests, and I know there isn't any one of us that have passed all the tests, but I'm just telling you, uh, the test uh, that we are facing, it is for the future of the church. It is, it is an attack, the, the whole COVID situation, uh, the whole dynamic of all that's going on. It's not just a political issue. This is a spiritual issue. This is a spiritual battle. There is an agenda that is being pushed and presented, and it is to remove the, uh, it is to, uh, to put other people in power, to disempower the people, and to, to cause us to be uh, led by fear. Turn on the news. Look at what's going on in, in Afghanistan. Those people running through the streets in fear with the shootings, the beheadings. God forgive America for, for leaving those Afghani people. To think that here we had allies on the ground, not just allied countries, but people that had chosen to stand with America to have to have and receive freedom in their own country and then for us to back away and let them now become targets God help us that that our our government handed over the very names of every person that helped American troops and allied forces gave them the all of the information about them and their families. Help us. There's blood on the hands of America. And it's not our military people's fault. 
But there's an agenda at high levels. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The, the battle is not for America. And you and I have to recognize that there is a kingdom that we are fighting for, and it's not this kingdom. There's God's kingdom. And that's the kingdom that if we're going to be fired up about something, and I am patriotic, and I am fired up about our country and us being uh, the, having the freedoms and having the liberty that God has given to us and, and all of that, I am, I am absolutely for that. But God didn't place us down here just to have freedom. The freedom that he has allowed us to have is to help us to fight for the, the kingdom. You and I are not here to expand our kingdom down here. We're to be fighting for his kingdom. Don't forget the Lord Jesus Christ when he lived here on this earth. Uh, Israel was, had been overtaken by Roman rule. And the Lord was not, was not creating a militia. The Lord was not creating uh, and trying to, to build a, a, uh, an army up against the invaders of the country. He had a whole mission that had nothing to do with here and now. It's all about the by and by. We've got to get our focus right. It's not about here. And here we think about the testing. Uh, Elijah here was tested. But after the testing, we also find he was vested, he was tested. And then go to chapter number 19 of 1 Kings. We see that he rested. He rested. First Kings chapter 19, verse number 1. 1 Kings 19.1, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. She's saying, listen, uh, she's saying, uh, he said, she said that uh, uh, your life is going to be just like the life of those my prophets. She said, just like they were killed, you are going to be killed. That's what she's telling him. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under the juniper tree, behold then, an angel touched him, and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake bacon on the coals, and a cruise of water at his head and he did eat and drink and laid him down again and the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said arise and eat because the journey is too great for thee and he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights unto Horeb the mount of God uh, you know rest is something that is needed and when there is a battle there is rest that is needed after that battle but let me tell you something rest is not the answer Rest is not the goal. Rest is a tool so we can get back in the battle. 
And you know, when we, when we recognize what has gone on here, Elijah here, though he has had this great battle, you know what? When there are victories in our life, uh, there is a valley that's coming. You get on the mountaintop, you can't go any higher. The only place you can go is back down into the valley. And, and in doing so, what do we find? There was a rest that Elijah had to have. Uh, but that rest was not just so he could now just uh, coast the rest of his life. There cannot be an apathy. We've had some rest time. We've had some rest. Now it's time to get back at it. It's time to get back at it. September 12th, the bus starts rolling again. September 12th, I'm, I'm excited about that. And we're not going to run all four of them, but we're going to start with one. It's time to get back at it. It's time to, to so sure, we've had some rest, we've had some downtime. But it's time to serve. I looked up this morning and I saw about nine people in the choir. It's time to get back in the choir. Say, Pastor, I can't sing. Get back in the choir anyway. It's time to serve. It's not time to be apathetic. It's not time. There's, there's no time to stay. Rest is needed, and rest is something that we all have to do. I'm not sure what this last sickness was when I was out for a week. Uh, I slept, I don't know, 20 hours a day uh, for about five days, and I don't know if there was a bug or if it was just exhaustion or what it was, but what I do know is that was, though there was some rest, it wasn't so I could stay and do nothing. It was to get me ready to get going again. Let me tell you, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to get moving again. I'm ready for the buses to be rolling. I'm ready to see people uh, being confronted with the gospel. I'm ready to see uh, 40, 50, 60 people out soul winning on Saturday. Amen. Brother Fong just sent, sent a tweet out this week. He had 113 people out soul winning. Praise the Lord. I guess all of those people, they don't have anything to do on their Saturday. Their life isn't busy. They didn't have anything else to do. No, they had made a purpose to be a witness. And I don't know if that's every week. That could have just been uh, one week. But what I do know is all of us, we've got to start taking some steps forward again. Amen. We need to get back at it. You see, uh, Elijah here, he was vested. He was, he was tested. But then he rested. But after that rest, you know what? He gets right back in it. You know what we find? We find him going from here. He is now going to go find a young man by the name of Elisha. And he's going to put his mantle on Elisha. And there is going to be a time of teaching and training. And that mantle is going to be passed off. And Elisha is going to hear and receive the answer to his prayer when he asked Elijah for a double portion of his spirit. And we find that Elisha uh, performed twice as many miracles as Elijah did. Uh, it was, though there was that time of resting, it was getting back in the battle. Why? Because there's still work to do. Until the Lord comes back, there is work for us to do. And we've got to be at it. 
We can't, we can't sit back and watch somebody else do it. What happens is nobody will do it. Just like the silence was, it spread, it was contagious, so is, so is service for the Lord. You know, as we, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Say, well, pastor, I'll serve. I'll just pray the Lord will give me a desire, then I'll serve. It doesn't work that way. It's you serve and the Lord gives you a heart. Mine eye affecteth my heart. We've got to be a part. We've got to be engaged. It's time for a reset. A reset. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Thank you for this group of people, those that are here, those that are online. And, and Lord, I pray that you'd help us just to recognize the opportunities that we have. And I pray that we would not be complacent and we would not be apathetic, but Lord, we would truly see the opportunity that we can have to, to move forward and to serve you and stand for you. And though we may feel uh, outnumbered in this world of darkness, uh, Lord, you, you empower us to serve you. And I pray that you would help us this evening. May each and every one of us be challenged, uh, Lord, to push that reset button in our life. For some, this is all new and they have not taken those steps. Uh, for others, they have, uh, they have served and they are serving. And I pray that all of us would just have a renewed uh, desire, a renewed fervor and zeal to serve you. And Lord, may you just use us as a mighty army here in this community for your cause and your kingdom. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as the instruments play. The Lord spoke to your heart tonight. You respond. Maybe, maybe you've been out of the battle. Maybe you've been watching. Let's get back in. Let's get back in. How about it, leadership? Are we, are we vested? Are we in? We need to push that reset button. How about it, dads, moms? We want a family that's going to serve. Are we going to serve? Are we going to lead? How about a teenager? You went to camp and you made some decisions. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.